It is July 16th, 2019, the SmackDown Live after Extreme Rules. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Joined tonight by Justin Labar and Matt Morgan to break it down. Now, Eric Bischoff did not have involvement in tonight's show. Thank and God. He probably he probably leaked to make sure that the wrestling internet knew that he had nothing to do with that show because he didn't want to have his fingerprints on that train wreck. I believe you're right. <laughs> This felt like SmackDown three years ago, right before the brand split, when they were just doing random stuff on Tuesday, and some of it was entertaining, but none of it was essential. Um, to be fair, though, I expected that from both shows, pre-Heyman, pre-Bischoff, because think about it, if you're the writers, I wouldn't want to go out that way, but I know the type of writers they hire, and I'm thinking... They're not going to put any kind of energy into this. They should. They should try to be like, no, you guys got it wrong. You should stick with us, and here's why. We'll show you. But no. Instead, what do they do? They phone it in, and that's what's been happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's really one of those things where um, <laughs> can't make heads or tails of it, you know? And I think Bischoff, I know he's got a move. I know he's got a bit of a ramp up with the relocation, but man... Drink some five-hour energy, pop a Bluetooth, get in that writer's room, and take the reins. This is what's going to happen. I don't blame him. I, I blame the, the the cowardly writers that don't have bigger you-know-whats to say, you guys made the wrong decision here. I yeah. would go out on my – I swear to you, I'd go out you know, on my shield over it. I really would, and I, I would try to write the best show humanly possible. I don't want to hear, oh, they say no to everything. Then say tough. Fight back. Fight for your thoughts. Thought for the things you want to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. being spineless about it doesn't isn't getting you anywhere. Obviously, they're bringing in Eric Bischoff for a reason. Yeah. I'll say the town hall idea has a lot of potential, and I thought this was actually yes. okay. Yes, me too. So Shane greeted the entire SmackDown roster, came out on the apron. The wild card rule, not really as much in effect tonight. They adhered to brand lines more than they have in recent weeks. Who cares? Well, I don't even care anymore about that. They, but it was kind of a reminder tonight that this is your SmackDown roster. Well, I don't know. You had Cesaro off the top there. And then later, I mean, you know, Ra Randy Orton last night was in a battle royal to become a number one contender for the Universal title. And now he's out there harping to say he should have the WWE title. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Somebody know. give that man a title. <laughs> Any title. Um, so I, hear, yeah. I hear Drake Maverick has one for him. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> could you imagine if Randy Orton got put in the 24-7 title picture? RKO out of nowhere. Yeah. That actually could semi-work, actually. Yeah, they don't give him comedy often. I think he's a funny no. guy. though. He doesn't, have to be, no, he doesn't have to be funny. The, yeah. the humor is the RKOs in the most insane situations and all the memes we've seen. That's what yeah. the humor would be. Yeah, could you could you imagine? Somebody's watching a football game, right? And there's an RKO out of nowhere. The guy's sitting in the stands with his wife watching a football game and eats a... Out of no RKO out of nowhere, or the dude's taking a piss in the bathroom. RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine Drake Maverick getting R getting RKO'd on the hotel bed just before he's having sex, and then Randy Orton just stands yeah. with that and it just smirks and winks at his wife and walks out. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd be good. Uh so we had Shane and Kevin Owens having some words at the start of this. Roman Reigns grabs the mic. Uh, I think he told Shane to kiss his ass or something ass uh, was in there. Yeah. Uh, Liv Morgan <laughs> yelled at Charlotte Flair, setting up a match for later in the night. Ah, that's where they're just throwing things out there. By the way, Liv Morgan versus Charlotte Flair—that's just throwing things out there just for the hell of it. That's 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 my opinion. 
Yeah, Buddy Murphy uh, got the mic. It was weird that Buddy Murphy was talking smack about Kevin Owens, but he didn't get the match. Ziggler did tonight. Mm. Yeah, but they kind of, they they did kind of t- like Shane said we're going to talk. I don't think you're going to be no longer the best kept secrets. I, they probably follow up with it. They actually crammed a lot of matches in tonight if you look at it for two hours. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't call most of those even matches though. Wow, but you know what I mean. But I mean, yeah. I think they will get back to the Buddy Murphy thing. Yeah, uh, Paula Cruz. Took the mic. He got into it with Zelina and Andrade, setting up their match for later in the night. Oh, man. Biggie and Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston were talking smack, even uh, saying that Owens had a point, which is funny considering their recent history. And then lastly, after the SmackDown Town Hall concluded, Shane's music hit and Cesaro came out and said, hey, I want to challenge Aleister Black to a fight. He beat me the other night at Extreme Rules. Let's do this again. And then Aleister Black beat him again. Mm-hmm. Best of seven? I mean, where do you think this is going, Matt? They're entertaining matches for what it's Absolutely. Um, They're great. I, I don't think they'll label it a best of seven. It just could work itself out that way at this rate, you know? <laughs> it's a good match. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Justin, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, it was entertaining again. I mean, I, what a great looking finish. I mean, Alistair Black did the bottle cap challenge with Cesaro's jaw. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, great touch by Cesaro and the selling point of spitting the the mouth guard out that i mean it, it looked lethal um yeah i was a little shocked that like okay now it's black up 2-0 i mean remember the last time last time cesaro got into a best of seven was with sheamus and then they became a tag team in the next couple of years yeah. so i don't know i don't know if I, I don't know if i want to see that route go here but um i don't know i don't, I don't know what they're doing here. i don't know if it's just maybe it's just just cesaro just being a good soldier just putting over the the guy that's on the on the way up yeah it's great matches i just wonder how many times he can lose uh you know, Black needs to uh, prevail in this, but maybe it gets competitive with match three. Um, Dolph Ziggler had a running thing that he was going to try and set up that match with Kevin Owens, teach him a lesson. Got to find him. Got to make it happen. Well, let's not forget Kevin Owens jumps in the ring and, and yeah, that's right. Attempts to, to stun, attempts to stun Shane McMahon a little bit. Of Ooh, a... that was sloppy the first time. Yeah, he it got was... it. Finally got it though. But this bores me. Yes. Yeah. And Kevin Owens always entertains me. By the way, like yeah. he's how many times have I said over the last so many years, Kevin Owens is always a top three, top five at worst favorite wrestler of mine to watch usually because he's the most entertaining for me, for my money. The promo he usually makes it work. On the ring apron in a tag match, he makes it work. Absolutely. It, you know, but I, I love Dolph. He's my friend. I just I hate saying this, but anything he touches right now for me ain't working. Yeah. I mean, and I think Kevin needs to get more meta about that. I know he's been dissing Dolph, but I think Kevin should be vocally expressing his disappointment that this is the guy he's in a program with. Yeah. And is, it, and is anybody else as bothered as I am? I know that I probably would say Stone Cold's probably my number one favorite if I had to pick all time. I just don't like KO using the stunner, especially mm-hmm. when it's especially when it's so he's 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 jumping in, stunning the McMahon. It's just it's just too it's too similar to what what we I don't know. You, you'll never be able to duplicate Austin McMahon chemistry. You'll never be able to, to duplicate the perfect storm that that all was, you know, coming off of Vince and the Montreal Screwjob and Austin. It just everything just kind of, you know, the, where the characters were. I'm just not into this. There's there's just a couple Mount Rushmore guys who those finishes should never be touched no, no, again. No, it doesn't take doesn't nope. brain surgery to explain that. That makes yeah, no, perfect sense. I think nope. we'll right, really yeah, to nobody should ever be doing a rock bottom. Nobody should ever be doing a stunner. Nobody should ever try to look like Hulk Hogan and do a leg drop for your finish. It's just there's just a couple there's a couple guys in that Mount Rushmore that you don't duplicate the finish. And I just don't like this. Mm-hmm. I, even even if even if Austin gave him his blessing, I still don't like it. Which, uh, which I'm sure he did. 
Yeah. Did he stop doing the sit out power bomb because of uh, the knee surgery he had or something? Or I mean, or did they just thought it was time for a change? I don't know why that would have anything to do with his knee. I have no idea. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I don't know. I know that they were pushing that that finish. I know they were sticking with that finish for a while because the power bomb was a great finisher. I thought it was one of the yeah. best ones there was. Actually, you can you can he found a way to hit that out of nowhere, which always makes a, a finish better, in my opinion. A- absolutely, he hit it out of nowhere. He was able to do it to a lot of people, and I think Titus O'Neil, even though we don't see Titus in the ring as much, I know Titus had a similar move like that that he wanted first finish, but they told him he couldn't do it. This is years ago because. They were sticking with KO, and that was going to be the KO move. So I'm kind of—I don't know why they moved away from it. it, it makes I'm sense. sure Kevin—that was Kevin's decision. You know what I mean? To, yeah, yeah whatever. What was next, Glenn? Liv Morgan has been on SmackDown Live since the Superstar Shakeup post WrestleMania. Tonight was her first match on SmackDown Live against Charlotte Flair. She lost fairly she, fast. Her offense looked good. Yeah, that's, that's another one though. Like I don't. And it's not no 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 fault of hers. Like as you just said, as a first match, you know. So they've done nothing to develop her. And what I know of her is she's the girl that sticks her tongue out with lollipop flavored tongue, uh, colored tongue. That's all I know of her. Yeah. Oh, and and also Enzo in a shoot interview saying how she's more Carmella than Carmella is. That's literally all I know about Liv Morgan. Yes. You didn't listen to Enzo, Enzo's song about her, "Live a Thirty for 30 from his uh, rap album. Oh, jeez. No, I must have missed that. <laughs> I, I'm proud to say I successfully made it through once. Start really? to finish. Why, why would you even attempt? Yeah. I was more really curious. <laughs> Sometimes I find bad music entertaining. Uh, the song about his grandmother, legitimately good. That Grace song, we it's nice. are not talking anymore about Anyhow. Or, or his rap. Continue. Yeah. Let's just talk about hip-hop in general. It'll be better. You could bust some Tribe Called Quest lyrics. And then later oh in the Oh, my podcast, God. Somebody, hang on. We will talk about that. Somebody on Twitter sh- uh, said to me that I deeply offended them because of talking about, uh, I said, 90s rappers were much better lyricists. I didn't say the rap was better. I said the lyrics, the lyricists that we had were much better. KRS-One, Common, Nas. Biggie was a great lyricist. Absolutely. You, you did say that Sunday. That's right. You did say that. There's so many. I know I'm leaving a ton out, but I'm sorry. I don't care who they got today. They cannot touch KRS-One. You ask any rap historian that. I will take that to my grave. Well, Eminem came out in the late 90s, right? Yeah. Yes. But lyricists that told and also could tell good stories. Nas was incredible storytelling. Yeah. I mean, it was partially because hip-hop wasn't necessarily made for the radio back then you listen to hip-hop from the late 80s now like that's 16 bars sometimes 32 bars i mean like it goes for a long time it's not uh as hook based as it became in the late 90s as rap got more yeah and it's more about the hook it's more about the beat today well it's always been more about the beat too but back i would argue mid 90s to late 90s in my opinion was the best for for lyricists yeah, can well, we talk about can we talk about Limp Bizkit and Fred Durst for a second? I was just going to say, and, and then for the last half You're of the totally, podcast, I'm just hang on, I'm calling it out. He's hedging his bet right now. Is what he's doing, Glenn. Yeah, he's cutting it off. He's pulling an Eminem Bunny Rabbit right now. Is what he's doing. Take the ammo away from you, Glenn. Don't let him do it. For the last half, I'll just interview Justin as if he's Fred Durst. <laughs> ask him uh, how many times he's up to watching Fight Club now. Does he still keep in touch with Ben Stiller? You know, I mean, there's tons of Limp Bizkit questions. Can I tell you a huge mark out moment for me? Because I'm yeah. a huge Limp Bizkit. I was a huge Limp Bizkit fan. Who wasn't? And Tyson Tomko, Travis Tomko, uh, signed in the same deal that I did with well, a d- developmental. We got sound- sent down to OVW at the same exact time. Yeah. He saw what a huge mark I was for Fred Durst and uh, <laughs> Limp Bizkit. He used to be their bodyguard. 
Oh, wow. He got a signed uh, CD I still have to this day from Fred Durst. How about that? That's impressive. I listened to an interview with him the other day on a podcast, Curious, with Josh Peck. It was the kid from Drake and Josh who's all grown up. Yeah, of I, course. One of the best interviews, Matt, you should listen to this. I have a newfound respect for Fred Durst. Talks a lot about the character, how he deter- uh, labels it Red Hat, the character he once played versus the actual Fred. It's like mm-hmm. a two-hour interview. It blew my mind. It was very fascinating. You know what yeah. always bugged me. You know what always bugged me with Olympiska and WWE is that the one Wrestle uh, uh, the it was like the second WrestleMania they performed in. They they played that song. They played a new song. It's called Crack Attic, and then they never put it out on CD. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. That was a good song, but they never put really? it on the CD. It was something decent. It was it was something new. It was brand yeah. new. Them playing Taker's entrance was awesome. That was awesome. I listen I was, to Roland at least every once every uh, other week. Oh, that's, I was on, at, that's on my podcast. That's definitely on my list. Okay. I was Absolutely. on. I was at Mania 17 when the theme song was My Way, and the, it was for that video between Austin and The Rock. One of the it was, best video packages oh ever. Oh, my God. Dude, being in that Astrodome, ever. it was my first WrestleMania ever. Being in that Astrodome and just that mute, I was, I was, this, it was, it, yeah, it was perfect. Dude, another really good video package real quick was Taker versus Austin, um, Highway to Hell. Absolutely, 98, yeah. Those, yeah. Things, those were so good. They used to be able to use pe- real people songs back then. And you know, looked like the biggest badass in the history of badasses, like walking out of flames and crap. It was awesome. The thing that sucks now is you go back and watch on the network, and they they paid for the song from like ACDC for Highway to Hell for that that time, but they can't use it on the network. So it's like you know, just like yeah, ain't the same. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate. Back to SmackDown before no. we get it. I'm, Roger, Roz is going to text me soon. Someone's going to tell Roz we're talking about non wrestling stuff, and then I'm going to guarantee you the fans prefer this. Hey, all yes. you tattletales, don't go telling Raj nothing. We're having fun. I bet you the fans prefer this. But go ahead. Yes, yeah, so the lyrics, I'm a crack addict. That's right, I'm a crack addict. You heard me, I'm a crack addict. I'm addicted to cracking skulls when punk starts static. Right. Maybe we need to go back to SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I think it's good that Liv Morgan got a shot tonight. She got emotional through a fit after. Makes Maybe, yeah. look, if she's in a program with Charlotte, that will benefit her career greatly. Or. Yeah. And she could stand out. She could do well. Um, she yeah. can wrestle. I've said this. I saw her back when she was in NXT wrestling under uh, her own name, John Adadio. Um, and I thought she was fantastic then. She's only gotten better. Um, her and Charlotte has the potential to be good. Do you think that her look being similar to, um, come on, who's the girl? Mandy Rose. No. Short. Oh, Carmella? No, blonde oh. hair. Come on, work with me here. Okay. Uh, who's a short blonde hair girl? Who's that? Oh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Thank Bliss. you. Similar to Alexa Bliss in developmental, you don't think that hurt her a little bit? It probably did. I actually think uh, back in NXT, I mean, that, that's where that Enzo comment came from because uh, her character pre- hat backwards is what she started doing, right? Yeah, she had the jersey shirt. Like yeah. uh, she was essentially Carmella before yep. she joined the Riot Squad. Yeah, that's absolutely another, hurt her. That's what I remember most about her. The Riot Squad, I didn't like for her ever. Yeah. Well, she doesn't for- even have her own music. She's well, using the Riot Squad music. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no. Well, let's not forget what what. So Liv, Liv, her offense looked good. She loses, but then she went to the commentary table, and what'd she say? Next time you see me, I'm going to be real. I mean, so I wonder what that means. It looks sounds like they're going to do some character change to her. Yeah. They'll, they'll probably they maybe maybe they'll make it so she doesn't look so. much like somebody else. Yeah. No, She's okay. got fans. Good. Yeah. She could. She could. Uh, I think she has potential. I, I'm more excited about her than Mandy. I know. I see why they're higher on Mandy, but I think Liv has more potential. Yeah. Dude, she has fire. She has like yeah. legitimate fire. You could feel it. You could see it. Absolutely. Um, after that, 
man, we actually three women's matches tonight. Although again, some of them were short, but we had Ember Moon with her mystery partner versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Did anyone not think this was going to be Bailey? I mean, it seemed pretty obvious. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> And they won. And then uh, the bigger headline, I mean, this was a relatively short match, but the big headline after this, uh, after Ember Moon got the eclipse on Rose for the pin and the win, Bailey announced that Ember is going to be her opponent at SummerSlam for the SmackDown Women's title. Random. Weird. Yeah. Will be a good match, though, and I think uh, could help Ember. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't the kickoff. Really there's there's no heat to this at all there's no that's, heat in this and that's the and that's the problem like i know that like embers you know she's she's a good baby face and that finish is just an awesome baby face finish but um i was kind of hoping that like yeah once once they kind of eyed up and they like made it official i was kind of hoping that like ember would just do something even if it was just like even if just, it was just like a, a slap or something to knock bailey down just to say all right but i'm you know like i'm you better like just something so it's not all buddy buddy friend friend just give me a little something sure, i agree I nothing there yeah. I mean, my thought was that good for Ember, but this is going to be on the kickoff show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <sighs> like, we like Natalia as well, but it's weird, right? Becky versus Natalia for the Raw Women's Championship. Very different. You can't even compare these. No, no. You're saying that they're both cold, Glenn. That's what you're about. Yeah. To. I'm okay. saying that. Big difference. Natalia has years and years and years of your build. This other girl does not. I think they both have a fan base. I'm not putting them down for that, but I just think where the women's division was Who when you had Ronda it's Rousey. About the, it's about the develop. It's about the actual yeah. development of these characters. And Ember Moon has not been developed enough yet, where they can just like that say, "Hey, we're selling Ember Moon versus Bailey for the championship," and people are going to lose their minds over it. Yeah, talent-wise, they should, but. As far as storylines and caring about people's characters, I, Natalia is a much easier sell for if it's a cold going into a cold match because she's Natalia Knight and she's been there for so long. Everyone's emotionally somewhat emotionally invested in her. I agree with that in the association, but let me ask you this aside from her family tree, no, and her the, years being there and being a kick ass wrestler with Beth Phoenix and, and, and being there and bridging the gap between the two generations of women's wrestlers, being a multi time champion. No, I agree. She's great. I'm just she's saying that I, big difference. That's true. Although Ember, I think Ember, you know, not to discount what Ember brings to the match, but for Ember, you're right. This is has to do with her talent. Has to do with she not. She's not there as long. She's not been there. She's not been there for five, seven, ten years worth of us emotionally investing her, good, bad, or indifferent, within that time span. Natty's been there for ten plus years at least. She's had to have. Yeah. Right? She just hasn't really been in much of a story lately. They haven't been doing much with her but character. Not what happens. Everybody gets all pissed about it because yeah. she. Physically, one of the most gifted girls. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting SummerSlam. Especially if it's uh, Randy. Way too much time on this. Uh, who would you like to see on SmackDown? Do you think Ember's the best choice? Or is there someone else you think should be facing Bailey? No, that's the problem. They, 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 they're, they're in the problem right now. They're hitting it head on by developing a Liv Morgan. Smart. Yeah. Um, Ember Moon getting a championship shot. I, I guess that helps her. I'd much rather see uh, something different with her story. I mean, her uh, character being developed more, and whether that's promos, whether that's uh, doing something backstage, or doing something out of the ring. I know something to make us care more about her character because they started her off as this like Marvel goth, like, like you know what I mean? Yeah, she has superpowers and stuff, you know, with like crazy eyes and all this other stuff. And 
NXT and her entrance the way it was. It was very, very, um, it was kind of, there's a mystique there. And in WWE, it was lost from her, in my opinion, her first entrance on. They could, they could not duplicate the same entrance she had at NXT. Yeah, and that's going to be the challenge, is that with the mutual admiration society between her and Bailey, at least Natty dropped some uh, heat on Becky last night. Like, it's not mutual yeah. respect. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. I would love to be surprised. I'd love to be proven wrong. I think we just thought more about this match than the creative team. Are you kidding me? We spent way too much time on this. Come on. Yeah. Okay, Shinsuke Nakamura backstage. Charlie Caruso says he's going to rain down chaos on the entire WWE universe. <laughs> you didn't like that? No, I mean, it was good. Speaking of comic book, though, it was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm in. Um, and uh, every supervillain needs a superhero. So Ali walked up, congratulated him, and they had a meaningful glance. Good. Yes. <laughs> I, I'd like to see that matchup. Very much so. Sure. A meaningful glance. <laughs> I would love to see this match. It'll be good. It'll definitely be good. Ali, they've been building him with those vignettes. Um, I'd like to see him win that title. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Hell yeah. Uh, Daniel, Bryan, and Rowan were backstage walking. Uh, okay, let's let's cut to the chase on this. They started building up, what was it, yesterday or Sunday? That Daniel Bryan was going to make a career-altering announcement tonight on SmackDown Live. Yeah. They hyped it tonight. Um, he came out. Uh, New Day was, uh, you know, doing the New Day shtick with uh, Kofi as champ and New Day as SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Daniel Bryan walked out, and what was it, three times? Had the mic... Put the mic down, walk to the back, walk back out, <laughs> scowled, put the mic down, went to the back. Like, and then after the commercial break, he didn't come out and give his announcement. I mean, Good. you think so? Yes, dude, the total. But if I tuned in for this, I would be pissed. pissed there was no payoff. Off. Yes, he's a heel. That's the point. I he's don't know that awesome and he's genius and I'll take it. Daniel Bryan. He does no wrong. <laughs> what do you think, Justin, if you tuned in for that tonight, would you be uh, ripe to get suckered again next Tuesday and tune back in? I don't know. Like, I, I'm usually, nice, though. Why would you tune in for Like, you know, yeah, I, mean? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm usually the one that's all about like, get your heat, do whatever you gotta do. This was a little bit like, I remember what I, I after that whole come in, come out, come in, come out thing. I thought to myself, okay, he's going to resurface back up in the main event segment somehow. So I was watching to see when that last match is going to end and how much time they'd have. I don't know. It, I, it'll probably lead to something really ridiculous, like his life-altering announcement is he's going to shave his beard. <laughs> you know, it'll be something kind of oh, like... I hope everybody gets pissed at it. Good. <laughs> Matt, if on this podcast you hyped for days that you were going to make a big announcement, that you had some if huge heel, news... If I've been playing heel... And people out there are watching a show for someone to come in the room right now and kick my ass on camera so they can be entertained. And that's supposed to be the payoff one day. Then, yes. Well, Touche. That's not what's happening. Well, I hope that's not what's happening here. <laughs> Chat room's lighting up. Yeah, I hope Matt's wife comes in and hits him with a chair right now. <laughs> RKO out of nowhere, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just think that uh, it's got to be good, right? Like, if you tease something, there has to be a real payoff to it. You need to build trust with your audience, and this is a way that you hurt the but, trust but, with your audience. But no, here's the good news. He's yeah. the one. Isn't he the one who sold it that he was going to make the announcement, or was it WWE? Uh, but, I mean, they promoted him selling it in the interview. I mean, I, I, Daniel Bryan was the one who did the selling. Then it's fair game. But if WWE was yeah. the one, like really, you know, 
That was like one of that was that was one, about it. That, that was one. That was, that was one of WWE's main like social media storylines tonight to tune in. And, okay, you know. then that's. Or you can argue Daniel Bryan worked them too. I don't know, um, but yes, I see the trust factor. If WWE's out there shaking their little pom poms over it to come watch tonight because of this and it didn't happen, I could see the trust factor. And, and they even and, and they even te- you know they did they showed the the pre tape of the guys walking backstage. They even teased it and they did it right at the change of the hour. So like it made sense. Like okay, we're going to start in the second hour. This is we where they're going to control. They can't control. Uh, him supposed to go to the ring, right? Oh, his announcement, <laughs> and then he doesn't do it. I think the WWE man to do. Hey, Dan, let me put it down. Let me put the camera down. <laughs> Daniel, what the hell? We're just supposed to get an announcement for me tonight, dude. Get out there. I Daniel think Brian would super kick his teeth down his throat. Short of making him eat a steak, the WWE contractually <laughs> could force him to do anything they want to. <laughs> You know they, ha- they uh, haven't they haven't forced really the Saudi- they- that guy. So I gotta be honest here. They haven't forced him to Saudi Arabia yet. Have they? That's true. Yeah, but they've- good for you, DB, for that. By the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious what this is, but I think that's part of it too, right? Because we're looking forward to what comes next. I do feel like him and Rowan and this angle of being the environmental heel. I don't want to say it's run its course, oh, but it yeah. feels like we're ready for something new. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what it is. And I did not like him changing the belt. A lot of people did. I did not. Oh, yeah. I thought it was, you know, I, it was cute. Jeff Hardy did it at TNA. I hated it. Yeah, yeah. but I looked at it. Yeah, but, but Brian's change was so hokey, and it was like just an easy merchandise grab. You know, those things sold for a few weeks. I don't know. I was okay did you it. see how much those sold for? Those were not cheap. How much? That's, what I, that's what I mean. They were over 100 bucks, right? Wow. Oh, no, well over $100. And yeah. if you want the real replica, it was, I think, like three grand at WrestleMania shop or something. Like I gotta that. ask the fans at home: What the hell is the difference between a real replica and the not real replica? Oh, you just open up a can of worms. Yeah, there is. They, they will go nuts. The the belt fanatics will go nuts on you. They're the the weight and the quality of it. You can, that, that's how they can tell. But, All right, my, uh, next yeah, question, I, my next question. because I really want to light it up now. Why do you guys bring the championship title belt to the show and wear? Good them question. On Why do you wear them on your shoulders? Well, I've seen people in like wall. I've seen I've seen people assuming? in public. Same here. Question. Are you assuming like the wrestler is going to come up to you like when you're giving high fives and stop and be like, oh, that's a dope belt. Damn, man. You got the Intercontinental. Cool. I All right. Got well, see you later. Um, <laughs> I'm always I'm always that smart ass. Whenever I see somebody, that, whenever I see a grown man, if it's not Congrats. a kid. You congratulate him? <laughs> no, I always ask him. I always, <laughs> I always ask him, who did you, who'd you beat? Yeah. <laughs> that's my go-to line. Yes. If, if you're over the age of 16, then I say, oh, who, who put you over? You know, like, yeah. over the age of 16. Yeah. I, uh, the belts are gorgeous. They, they, they oh, really yeah. shoot are. When I went to uh, StarCast for Double or Nothing in Vegas off the plane, that's how I met Paul Walter Hauser, who plays Stingray in Cobra Kai, who was in I, Tanya. He got off the plane. He had the United States Championship belt on there. And we just started talking about wrestling. And I was like, I know you from somewhere. Uh, Stingray. So the guy with the chubs, the guy with the the, the beard, the braided yes, beard. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was on a totally. School. Yeah. I I could I could see the entire environment, that whole setup. I could see. Yeah, no, he's a big wrestling fan. He actually did some cool. writing for the Edge and Christian show, and he was on the Winkley one week after that because Raj and I kept running into him in Vegas. He's a super nice guy. He was hilarious on the, that show, by the way. Great. Oh yeah, no, he's great. But yeah, so he's one that yeah he was traveling traveling with the belt. So wow. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. So I know I'll tell you the story of why. I do yes. this. I'll tell you the story of why I have this. <laughs> yes, nope. 
No, there is a story. There is a story. This, this goes to prove. <laughs> Royal Royal Rumble 2014 was here. It was the night that was the one that CM Punk walked out on. I did not buy this. I did not buy this. I was staying at the hotel across the street uh-huh. and go to the hotel. The elevators are so backed up because there are so many fans of people trying to get into their yeah. whatever. So I took the stairs. I'm like, I'm not waiting for this. My uncle, who, who I brought up here to go to the show, he got separated from me. He ran into somebody who was from not in Pittsburgh. I don't know where this person was from, but they ran into somebody who they bought this so they could wear it at the Royal Rumble, but they didn't want to fly with it. So they, <laughs> so, so, they, so they gave it to my uncle for like 30 bucks. And this is, this is like, this is one of the more expensive ones. And then my uncle just handed it to me. So I use it on the set here, but just so everybody, I did not, I did not buy this. So I'm not being a hypocrite. We busting out replica belts. So it's a, a prop. Like the theme. what is that? It's uh, the Yolo County Tag Team Championship replica belt. Yes. <laughs> I bought from former Yolo County Tag Team Champion AJ Kirsch. <laughs> AJ Kirsch was tough enough. I remember AJ Kirsch. Yeah. No, he's uh, from the Bay Area. I saw him at an indie wrestling event uh, here a couple weeks ago, and he was selling David those. Walker. He's fantastic on the mic, dude. That Brosif Joe Brody character is yeah. brilliant. That's the best of the bro characters. So Matt Riddle's got nothing on him. I agree. Not enough yeah. people know that, but that's the truth. Yeah. Well, he won that Rock the Promo. He won the Rock's promo contest like two or three oh, years I ago. I watched like the beginning. I never saw who won that. He did? Cool. Yeah, it was good, man. It was good. Uh, so back to SmackDown, yeah. Daniel Bryan doesn't give a shit if you want to know what his announcement is. He just left. <laughs> but Samoa Joe, Elias, and Randy Orton came out. Like, talk about a motley crew of misfits. Yes. Uh, to challenge the New Day, uh, talking about wanting the championship. Samoa Joe wants the championship. I'm not even sure what Elias wants at this stage in his career. Someone on Twitter called him, what was it, Matt, the Baron Corbin of SmackDown Live? That was pretty darn good, I thought. Ooh, and then Randy Orton was out there. Uh, New Day challenged them. There was uh, to a six-man tag, three-on-three. Randy Orton walked to the back. They accused the Viper of having gone limp. Uh, The Blue Chew Twitter account jumped on that immediately. Good. And uh, then we got a six-man tag. Okay, and it, it looked like I mean, to me, I took away that Randy Orton can be Kofi's probably Kofi's opponent for SummerSlam. The way that looked, the way it all went down, I thought so. And that and that'll be again if Kofi wins that one. You know, we talk about like you know Joe yeah. hasn't Joe hasn't done anything. Kofi beats Joe, but Randy Orton, you can't you don't get much yes, more cred- credible than than Randy Orton. So hundred percent, great opponent for him to go over on. Yeah, big stepping stone. Yeah, I think uh, that'll be good, and they have some history. They can do some stuff with it. They could. They go back to that spot where he was supposed to be made, Kofi. Doing the, the, the you know, I'm not going to do the shoulder shimmy he used to do, but the you know, double leg drop he did at Madison Square Garden, and the garden roof blew off the place. Do you guys remember? It was many, many years ago when he was doing. Yeah, that, that was when that that was the the race car, and it was being up. It was it was, it was I want to say right before that. Okay, and he had him out in the arena, and they were fighting through the crowd. And Kofi climbed up on the banisters where the fans were and jumped off all the way down on top of Randy, who was on, on a table, on an announce table or something like that, and did the double leg drop on him. But the MSG arena lost its mind over it. And he was made that night. Yeah. And then we all know what happened. They ended up having that match. Randy was a little baby <laughs> and pouted in the ring and buried Kofi because of it. And Kofi got depost because of it. I hope they lean on that story. I think that's Me what's going to make this interesting. Me too. Unprofessional as hell. I also wouldn't be surprised if the crowd reaction to Orton last night didn't help. Uh, I think I think that did help. Get him in there. Yeah, I mean, right? Like, yeah, I felt the same thing. Yep. 
Um, so Orin came in, dropped Kofi with the RKO for the pin to win in the six-man tags. Randy Orton, Elias, and Samoa Joe won. Orton stood tall, and uh, yeah, SummerSlam seems like an inevitability. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a little 24-7 action backstage. Carmella and R-Truth, they're going to Comic-Con. And then finally, it's uh, been in the works now for, well, since I feel like since I was in my 20s, uh, the women's tag team title match, The I'm not even going to say it, Asuka and Kairi Sane versus the Iconics finally happened tonight and then it didn't happen yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna drag this out with shenanigans until until SummerSlam, right okay but i really want to see this tag match yeah it's gonna be good and 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 the finish was right up the alley for the iconics was perfect for them to take a count out finish you know yeah oh yeah i mean yeah i would have liked to have seen them wrestle but like like by the same token i want to see the iconics get over more and right they're 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 building they're building that old school territory heat of where like when the when 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 asuka and and saying finally get their hands on these girls like the place is gonna hopefully if you can do this right the place will will react chicken shit heel heat is what the girls got i've really turned a corner on the iconics they've always been talented dude yeah, for the, for the better or worse? No, no, for the better. Well, I like them in NXT, and They're then I awesome. thought on They're the main awesome. roster they just ran the comedy into the ground. Remember all those weeks they just let them go out they, there? Too much for them, man. They, yeah. I've said this they before. Too many words, too many. They, words. the Iconics in their own little way. But but comparisons are how usually we all can kind of relate to stuff in wrestling. They remind me of their of a women's version of Edge and Christian. Hmm, yeah, Ooh. just that, just that. When hmm. we, you know, when they when they when Edge and Christian were playing the kazoo. <laughs> and doing the five second pose. I mean, every time the iconics go iconic and do that little pose, I mean, I just laugh my ass off. I, I just yeah. I don't know. See that part when they do that kind of with Edge and Christian comparison. Really quick though, what they did though, if you, you'll remember, made them different because people will always say funny doesn't draw money. Then people will throw out, what about Edge and Christian? The difference with Edge and Christian was once the bell rang, it is game over. When there's time to get heat on their opponent, they beat the living, you know what, out of their opponents. And they look like, badasses like they were changing gears you always hear me talk about changing gears in the heat very important to a heel yeah state fans take you more seriously that you're not to be screwed with took Miz a while to get that and that's when Miz turned the corner as a main event heel eventually was he was able to do that and he wasn't the funny guy to laugh at as much anymore same with these two girls once they figure that out and start to once it's time to get steam on their opponents and stop being so cute out there you know what i mean telling jokes and things like that game changer for him yeah so after the uh count out that allowed the iconics to retain uh oscar insane uh roughed him up a little bit carrie hit the insane elbow on royce and then we came back to andrade versus apollo cruz who got his last name back remember he was just apollo for the last couple months i did not even notice it's horrible yeah but yet andrade is still just andrade <sighs> yeah yeah um, I, mean, I mean, I don't care. I'm just pointing out. I don't know. Good matchup. Yeah. I mean, quick match. It seemed like Andrade was going to win, but then uh, Cruz grabbed him, rolled him up out of nowhere for the pin to win. He needed uh, it. He needed oh, it. Cruz needs more than this, man. I think he's got to undo like three years of damage at this point. I keep telling you guys, this dude is a beast in real life. Like his, uh, his athleticism, his strength, his charisma. I don't know how they can't figure out how to like bring his charisma out and actually to make to make money for that company he has balls of charisma yeah tons of charisma by the buckets i don't get it man i mean yeah. i think i mean but there's a list right i mean 
Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like mismanaged talent. I think yeah. someone should do a power ranking. That's a good roundup, Justin. Someone good. should pitch yeah. that. Wrestling Inc. Like the 50 most mismanaged wrestlers in WWE history. Or how just take the last three years. You could probably come up with 50. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after this, we saw Bray Wyatt. The, his moment from last night replayed again of him attacking Finn and, Balor. And how about take a look at the YouTube channel? It is killing it on YouTube on oh, WWE's channel. It, I mean, I think it's I think it might just be over two million now already. Wow. Which you look on the on WWE's YouTube channel, the recap basically just showing Bray's debut for Monday night. It's, oh yeah, it's just <laughs> topping the charts right now. Good. Yeah, we'll see where they go with it. The main event tonight. Somehow it happened with 10 minutes left to go on the show. We got Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens. Mm. Mm. <sighs> Shane get... came out. Yeah, Shane came out with all the heels. They interfered. Mm -hmm. uh, we went off the air with Shane getting another stunner from Owens. Drew checking in at ringside. Shane uh, said Owens is going to pay for this. He's going to pay bad. And then they went off the air. See, for guys like Owens and, and some of the other talents is where I'm really looking forward to Bischoff coming in. Yeah. He has to have sat back and, and seen, you know what I mean, the talent we all see. You know what I mean? I'm hoping. And uh, gets him finally squared away properly. Because Kevin Owens was on fire before he got hurt, in my opinion. I thought he was being booked very, very well. For the yeah. most part, you know, he's a universal champion. Um, he did a lot of great, many, many great promos, great backstage stuff, you know. But then, you know, stuff with him running away from Braun and hiding, and then <laughs> the porta potty and the chicken shit heel all of a sudden overnight, which was not his forte. His forte was fight, you know what I mean? Fight Owens. Yeah. Fight. So I don't know. <sighs> Justin, how are you feeling about Ziggler versus KO or Shane versus KO, which clearly we're building towards? Uh, Ziggler KO didn't care. Um, Shane versus KO. I mean, look, you know, Shane always performs big when it comes to the payoff matches. And like, yes, it'll be if it's at SummerSlam, it'll be in Canada, uh, you know, yeah. where Owens is from. You know, it'll be in. You know, so like, I mean, once they get to it, it'll be fine. Hopefully, that is just the payoff, and they get rid of it. I, I don't. Like, yes. I'm not. I'm not on the edge of my seat to see this. These segments. I just let's just get to it. Yeah, I'm sure, it'll be fantastic. Yeah. You know, Shane. Shane's a McMahon, so they never. They always go balls out, you know, on their payoffs to get their comeuppance. Um, Payoffs need to be KO going over, though. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And the um, story yeah. go away now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, this was a very anticlimactic ending to me, you know. But I know what you mean. Like, we're just like, all right, could we just fast forward to the damn You already yeah. with this, this angle? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Less than a month away to SummerSlam. Yeah. We only have three more episodes of Raw and SmackDown each. Oh, I mean, God. like, because summer, summer, some well, of these ones, I'm like, oh god, really? Well, su summer, SummerSlam is is two weeks earlier than what it normally is this year. So yeah. there's not a lot, there's not a whole lot of time in in some regards. So like, you know, like I look at like a guy like Drew. Like we were hearing rumors of Drew versus Takeover SummerSlam, and right now Drew's what did Drew do tonight? You know what I mean? It's like you know, I don't know. It's just this. Uh, it, it, like I, I don't know if Bischoff's. It, maybe they wait until after SummerSlam until Bischoff gets his quote unquote clean slate, but. This is a fight was if I didn't have to do this with you guys, I would have gave up tonight. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was this was rough, man. It was. And I feel like I'm jinxing it because every week we say that it gets somehow rougher the next week. <laughs> um, Eric Bischoff. Oh, what's that? I, I think there's going to phone it in until he takes over. That's my opinion. 
Yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe. Justin, you heard anything? Oh yeah, do we I know? I, I know he's I know he's in the process of moving. I don't know. I don't so know. he he's not even started nothing? Bischoff? Yeah, I thought you guys said after Extreme Rules Bischoff was gonna start. That was what everyone heard. That, that was, was the that was yeah, that that was the original report from whoever, and then yeah, it came out today that he wasn't even there today. Like he's still he's still in the process of like getting come on, Eric transition. That's why that's why I said earlier to start Let's off this go. podcast. That's why I said he's he probably wants to make sure that he is not linked at all to this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The note of the Meltzer reported zero impact on tonight's show. The SmackDown script was not involved in any of the creative meetings. Uh, but he did move. So he hopefully will settle in and start next week. He's in beautiful Fairfield County, Connecticut, the one of the most expensive that's where I'm from. One of the most expensive places in America. Is that where you're from, really? Fairfield, Connecticut, which is oh. in Fairfield County. Crazy. That's why I met Vince McMahon. Yeah, now it makes sense because you met him in the gym. Mm -hmm. Looking that good, pal. No, I stalked him for six months <laughs> at WWE headquarters gym. Wow. It's <laughs> pretty good. If if our fans haven't listened to this, the why it ended with Robbie E episode with Matt Morgan is highly worth listening to. I learned a lot I didn't know. Oh, yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. They asked good questions. Yeah. It was a very, very good uh interview. Uh what else is going on in the news? The Raw reunion is happening Monday, and hey, WWE might hold another reunion show later this year. What? Any details yeah. on that? Yeah, apparently uh Meltzer noted on the uh, Wrestling Observer Radio that uh there was a plan that maybe they will do the first SmackDown on Fox, which is going to be in October 4th, by the way, at the Staples Center. They might do uh, a big SmackDown 20th anniversary because this is 20 years for SmackDown. So, I can see that. Um, so that might be, yeah, yeah, but if you think about it, it's kind of smart because you know that it's, it's, one, it's, a, it's another one of those reasons, just like this Monday, where they can get Austin and get all the big names. I mean, yes. you, you, want, you only get one chance to make a first impression going to Fox. So yeah. I can maybe see that. Uh, yes. Pulling yeah. off, uh, sticking around in the news. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, so we know Jeff Hardy got uh, arrested this past mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, TMZ was all over this past weekend. He was arrested for, uh, I believe, attempted. Yeah, uh, TMZ's added to the story that apparently he was found out. He was found passed out in a stairwell by police just prior to them uh, making said arrest. So, uh, but he is everything. Everything is clear. There's no. He's, he paid his. He paid what he had to pay. Everything's. Uh, seems like it's clear and it's behind him so uh, hopefully he's hopefully he's okay and Mickey James uh, she ended up having successful surgery today apparently on her ACL nice. um, but she's gonna be out for I think well into next year's uh, WrestleMania season damn how'd she tear it do we know um I don't know if we know that or not I don't right see if I have it in front of me yeah out, maybe yeah but she's out for a while though yeah you think uh, she ends up re-signing with WWE? Shouldn't her contract be coming up pretty soon? I don't know where she's at in her <laughs> contract situation. I mean, you know, got to remember she's. I, I don't know. I mean, I you, I would think that they they're in the mode of signing. I mean, how they just gave Mike and Maria five years. I mean, they're in the mode of signing anybody. So I'd think that if they AEW would make an actual difference there, especially in the women's division. Maybe I'm trying to find uh, trying to find where it is. She really could. Because she came back three years ago in the fall when she came back in NXT for that one-off against Asuka and then debuted on SmackDown at the start of 2017. So maybe. Who knows? I'm a, I've always been a big fan of her. She's Oh, yeah. she's great. Yeah. She was uh, promoting that she's got a pro wrestling tea store now, which I thought was interesting. 
I always find it fascinating when wrestlers are on the WWE roster that are allowed to have their own store. Um, yeah. There we go. Hang on. I'm sorry. My everything was going slower. Uh, so it says Mickey suffered. She suffered the injury while wrestling uh, against Carmella June first at a live event in Waco, Texas. So, and then the fun fact this and this I think this sounds right. Her first major surgery of her 20 oh, year wow. career. Yeah. For, uh, that's that's pretty. I mean, she's she just turned she turns 40 next month. So that's pretty pretty impressive. Tough as nails. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and just to reiterate, Eric Bischoff had nothing to do with SmackDown this week. <laughs> Good. No, but he actually wrote he wrote this entire podcast. Everything all three of us have said, <laughs> he wrote this podcast. So that's you know he he did some work tonight. Not enough blue chew shout outs for an Eric Bischoff podcast. Um well there we have it. Banged it out. Said everything that needed to be said. And we'll be back here Monday night to talk about Monday Night Raw. Please, Lord, let it be better. Just better than tonight. That's all I ask. <laughs> Matt Morgan, BP Matt Morgan on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Nothing to plug? No. Justin Labar, what do you got? Hit the old follow button at Justin Labar. And I'm Glenn Rubenstein. Greatly appreciate a follow on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. And we will catch you back here, folks, on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>